All right. And uh, episode 22 with uh, my good friend, Rehan Kabul. Thanks for coming on. Hello, there Ari. we go. We're live, man. It's good to see you, dude. Good to see you as well. It's good no to see you. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing nowadays? I'm doing all right. Um, been keeping a bit busy um, yeah. overall. Yeah. I've had some stuff come my way. So, you know. stuff, uh, busy, busy with what? What are you up to nowadays? So, uh, for viewers, I'm an architect, well, student architect in my fourth year. Um, so I've, <clears throat> I've taken a gap year from my university in Northeastern. Mm-hmm. So just for my own, my own health and also because I wanted to learn more about the architectural field in the process as well throughout mm-hmm. the way of school. So I have been working currently throughout in, peri- in periods over on a, pro- a pitch for a project for a marble supplier in India, Mumbai in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's mostly a it's a room in their office so there's two floors to that office uh they want to renovate the up the up, upper floor because currently there's nothing there mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to do there so i have been working with um my boss who's also my cousin luckily enough at archimind design um for a while um this project is not really set in stone but we're trying to get it to get set in marble it. Oh, I see. Set in marble. Yeah, <laughs> so wait, yeah. so so what do you do? So like, um, what is it? What is it exactly that you're you're designing here? Are you doing like the layout, or you just bring the materials? Of what so is? So we're the- actually doing both of those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's the layout. It's the intention of what the project would be. It's the pitch, mm-hmm. and it's also the actual designing of the, the products that would go into those spaces. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously the clients, once they see these things can change things. They'll say, we don't like this. We want this changed, And we got to debate and collaborate over it and see what works with them. Mm-hmm. But that's how things are at the moment. So it's been a lot of research. It's been a lot of going on Pinterest or other so, like materials and products that you can buy. It's about actually designing materials. Mm-hmm. You have to actually sit down. Yeah, to, what do you- Design design materials. What do you mean by designing? No, sorry, not sorry, not design materials. Design yeah. products. Design pro. Oh, woo! I was like, yeah. you're you're out there no, 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 <laughs> getting. I, I don't know, cobalt do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 yeah. too much for us. That's yeah. Like actually sitting down with a like a sketch paper mm-hmm. and a pencil and just drawing out ideas and figuring out what works for what we're trying to do, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been an experience. It's uh, it's been quite eye-opening. Certainly. Yeah. Least. Yes. Yeah. What What do you mean? It's been like what have you learned through this? Uh, so yeah. yeah, I can tell you. So um, through school, as most people would know, um, school's got a fixed system. It's got a curriculum. It teaches you. <laughs> yeah, it teaches you how the basics. And my school in Northeastern, they teach you, and they're quite. A lot of them are quite good. The teachers are mm-hmm. all licensed. Sorry, honey, you just caught off there. Uh, our views out there. Yeah, Rayon needs to repeat that uh, what you said there. So yeah, so northeastern. What do they do in North, northeastern? They used to tell me um, they're smart. They're smart teachers, but they're like they're not very. Practical. No, 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 no. It's 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 not that they're they're not bad teachers. They're very good teachers. They're smart. I think most, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're very educated. There's no issue with that. But there's also that that in architecture, it's always an issue of time. So for context, in my uni, we get two sessions in the week three hours each for a studio. Studio is our main course, basically. It's the most mm-hmm. important course for us, for the most part. Um, so we get that much time, but at best we'll get maybe 15 to 20 minutes with our professor or whoever was with us to explain, show them what we have for whatever project we're doing mm-hmm. and for them to give us their insight on it. Mm-hmm. So we get that much. And for the most part, they let you do what you want because they don't want to restrict you and be like, so no, what is like an, an assignment, right? Like what is an example of an assignment you'd get, like make a building or design a building or is it like most for, so yeah, standard architecture would be buildings. So mm-hmm. in my four years, I've had to design a school. I've had to design a gym. I've designed a, uh, I've designed a, um, an open space pavilion. I've designed, mm-hmm. and these are like more practical ones. There's also conceptual ones. We've had like one project I remember was the museum stair. It was basically mm-hmm. just, they gave you a box and they said, you're going to make a museum out of this box with two paintings. And, you, and then you've got to come up with a concept for that box. Oh, cool. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they give you like, there's a lot of conceptual aspects of it, a lot of practicality, but they don't, it doesn't go to such a degree of like, you need to think of the materials. You need to think of lighting. You need to mm-hmm. think of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go to pra- like, you don't need to know that, uh, oh, this material doesn't gel with this because you don't have RCC or you can't have these tiles and stuff like that. They don't go into that because correct, you don't have that much time and you mm-hmm. have four months in a semester to do that. Yeah. Obviously, when you go towards your actual profession, it's different. You have to think of everything. Yeah. It's, it's not a... But you're not, not trained to do that, so right? It's more like you get trained yeah. on the job based on what like. Yeah, you basically get trained on yeah. the job. Mm-hmm. You can only get trained on the job for these things. You can't just do it because if you just do it, it's going to end badly. And what do you mean? <laughs> well, what's the bad thing? I, I mean, to say if you're not... So, it, honestly, in a way, I... My uncle Reza Kabul, who's an architect, a huge, a big architect in India for architect Reza Kabul, ARK, he put it this way. Architects are like doctors in a way, because we have to make sure that everything is correct. Everything, there's no mess ups in the drawings. There's no mess ups in the specifics and schematics and everything like that. Because if there's a critical mess up, you could end up, the the project would fail, Mm -hmm. structure could collapse and you don't even yeah. want to go into that no, scenario yes. of lawsuits and everything. The stuff like that happen? The stuff like that happen? It, it does happen on occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't, fortunately, I've not heard of any person I know that's had it, but there have poss- there's definitely been occasions where that's been an issue. I'm sure. That's, that's down to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone wasn't paying attention or maybe an intern just didn't get the right drawing. <laughs> the building collapses. Yeah, 10 years yeah, later, no, no, there's... No. There's an earthquake 10 years later, right? And then the whole building collapses. collapses. So then the the head architect, like, you know, he's got, the head architect, usually the one who stamps down your drawings and confirms that this is right and we can send this off. Mm -hmm. Um, They typically are the ones that carry the most responsibility. So they have to make sure that everything is correct. Otherwise, lawsuits come into it. Mm -hmm. I remember once, actually, my aunt Nimmo, whose office I'm in, actually, uh, is (laughs) was showing me all the schematics maybe two years ago. And she had told me, Rehan, you see all this? I was like, yeah, it's pretty interesting. She's like, if any of this is wrong and I don't observe it, I go to jail. So <laughs> that was a fun, no, that was a fun thing. Mm-hmm. That was a fun thing to hear, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. so basically I can't screw up <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, so, yeah. All yeah. right. Word. Well, tell me more, Rehan. Tell me why, why do you want to be in, um, an architect? Why, oh, that's a, that's a deep, that's a, yeah, but oh, no, no. tell us, man. This is one v one. Ali versus Rehan chatting about <laughs> whatever. Tell me about yourself, uh, Rehan. Mm-hmm. I guess I could say how I got into it, like standard. Sure. To get a, so, as as alluded to, throughout the many relatives I mentioned, a lot of my, a lot of the people in my family are architects. Like currently, I'm in my aunt's office, who's downstairs from where I'm staying. So that tends to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I grew up with it. My it's like a family kind of business. It's like a family a, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, for the most part, it was a family thing. Everyone did it except my parents and maybe a few other people. Uh, so I kind of just grew up around it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, always, had to, always had to go see an office. Always had to go to an area of mm-hmm. site, maybe, things like that. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And when we went to university together, when I was with you in Boston University prior. Oh, yes. It, yeah. That was the first like, experience into architecture. And after a while there, I started to read, in Boston University's case, I started to realize that the program itself was not information, like giving enough information into helping me become a proper architect. So that's why I actually moved to Northeastern because the proper program was there and implemented with internships and things like that. So once I started there in Northeastern was when things really hit the fan because there is when studios came into the play. Mm-hmm. Boston University didn't have any, so we didn't actually practically sit down and design things rather. So what, in the first month, I remember it was a struggle. I, we were just designing uh, one outdoor space and barely, it was a very small space, maybe like 500 square feet or something. Um, and for a month, I couldn't get it down. I, mm-hmm. It broke me. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is ridiculous. How, how am I meant to come up with something? And everyone around me was, you know, they came up with some crazy ideas of Fantasia and all these things. And um, after that, once I gave in the project and it was okay for the most part, I then I re- 
at the moment I gave it in. And after all that month of pain and struggle, I realized that this is what I want to do. The amount of ideas that come into play, the amount of time and patience you have to go into it, the dedication you have to go into it. It's hard work. It's not, you can't just yeah. do this in five minutes. No, of course. Yeah. It's not, a, yeah, yeah. because there's a lot at stake. It's like, as you said, it's like being a doctor, but like a doctor goes to school for like 20 years, right? To yeah, exactly. Architects can go to school for like six to seven to eight, mm -hmm. depending on the graduate programs and things like I that. See. They want to continue the PhD and things. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. And the licensing exams. So they have to make, could take for as God knows how long, depends on how long you want to manage it. Yeah. So I guess after that was when I really wanted to do it because then I started mm -hmm. to observe in my, in Boston where we were, I started to observe my surroundings more. I started to understand stair placement. I understand why the space is related to that space. I started to understand why you use this material. This material. Mm -hmm. It it opens your mind. It, yeah. It's just to it's space. Just crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything becomes like you understand why they did it. You want to understand it. It's not that you just come into a room and you're like, okay, I'm in a room now. What am I going to do? Architecture is a thing where I think uh, this architect Bjork Ingels, who's a Danish architect in Denmark, obviously. For the best, he said, architecture is like the movie Inception. Mm -hmm. You can make your dreams reality. Whoa. In there, in mm -hmm. the movie Inception, you can, the movie Inception, you can. All their minds were the ones that could change the layout, change the formation, change the ideas. So, in putting that in with architecture, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. It just has to. It just has to stand. It just has to stand. Yeah, for the, for the <laughs> that's most it. Part. That's that's Honestly, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it has to be well used. Also, it's like yeah, yeah, of course. Justification I mean, so, for the money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It has. There's a in in an idealist world. You want functionality, conceptual idea, ideation, and idealization rather. Mm -hmm. And the, the Statue of Liberty has none of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, then compare that to the other structure in New York. The, uh, I think I forget the name of it. It's everyone takes a photo of it whenever you go to New York. The like bowl? Oh. The bowl. The bowl. It's, the bowl? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's the one where it accentuates out. I, I just forget the name of it. Yeah. Everyone I know, whenever they go to New York, they take a photo of that one structure. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just... It's as you compare the Statue of Liberty, it's such a simple, straight building. Mm -hmm. The dome is, or whatever the hell it's called, on the I can't remember. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, as it just stockades up, mm -hmm. it's got this nice formation where people go in and out of it, and people use it. People, when you go to the Statue of Liberty, you're, you're on the island. You don't go to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's true. Or you're on a boat, like cruising around. You're not even like getting yeah. close to it at all. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like there's no actual movement in it. These the other project is actually being occupied. People are using it. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference in that. If you could, that's like, uh, if you were to do like the Serpentine Pavilion, again, another Bjork Ingels project, mm -hmm. where it What's was it called? in the Serpentine Pavilion. All right, the Serpentine, I'm gonna pull this up. The Serpentine, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, so it was basically, it's an experiential center, let's put it another way. So mm -hmm. you actually go through the structure. It's in a, it's a Serpentine, so it's in a snake-like pattern with um, they use these steel grates that are hollow on the inside so light can penetrate through and you've got a wooden flooring below so the light will bounce off the wooden flooring so that way when, as you're going through your experience yeah exactly so the, just go to the top left photo this one yeah, yeah. yes mm -hmm. so you can see in that one thing that people this is not there anymore this was for six months it stayed up mm -hmm. um so people go through there and go through this really fantastic area of light and experience as you go through it you can walk through and just feel the ambience that you're inside people mm -hmm. will want to go through there and just see what it's about mm -hmm. whereas um you go to the statue of liberty you're just standing outside <laughs> maybe having a hot <laughs> yeah but, well like the eiffel tower too like yes yeah the the eiffel, so the eiffel tower has that but again the eiffel tower has the benefit over the statue that you actually use it for the practicality it's more for the view so. mm -hmm. But yeah. then there are structures like, um, I don't know if you remember the frame in Dubai. We, we used to drive, we drove past it once or twice. But What's it called? Years ago. The, it's called Flat the Frame. Flat? The frame. No, no, no. It's just called The Frame Dubai. Sorry. The yeah. Frame Dubai. Let's see. Anyone that yeah. knows me is probably sick of me talking. Sorry, anyone that knows me is probably sick of me talking about this structure. Oh, yeah? But you, <laughs> what, what, what is this? It. What is it? Yeah, you love it? So mm -hmm. it's a it's a postmodern oh, structure. It's just a, yeah, just a frame. <laughs> it's a flat, I've seen it. It's a yeah. Flat frame. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's, that's it. It's just yeah. So this it people go into it. You can actually go inside and on top and view it and things. 
Okay. Um, why uh, do? Why was this built, Rehan? Just seems very so, yeah. space. I, I know, like if see, I was a plane or a helicopter driving here, this would be so annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. But see, even I, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw the structure, I was contemplating why the why did we build it? Why would you build this? This mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to build. And then I did some research on it, and it turns out the whole concept of it is for the Spanish architect who does this he wanted people to experience old Dubai versus new Dubai. So the photo you're seeing right now is of old Dubai. This is all of the, like what, the, yes. where I grew up. This is where things you were. You mean the background? Is that yes, where, the, like background. How, yes. mm-hmm. the background. Yes. The background. So you see all of what the past was and how mm-hmm. Dubai used to be like 2000s. Mm-hmm. And if you, you flip the, it. And if you flip it uh, the other way. Whoa. See I see. That's so you so see cool. the, yeah. the conceptual change between it. So mm-hmm. it's just, a, you see what I mean? You experience that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a small thing, but it's so dramatic. Well, it's not small and at all. It's huge. <laughs> I'll it's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's, a small, it's a small concept. Uh-huh. It's just a simple concept, but it's, incre- it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you just think about it. Like, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I first saw it, I thought this was an idiotic thing. But well, how, how do you, yeah, how do you build something like this? Like, how does who decides and who okays it? And that, it, yeah, it's so that's like okay. So you want to go there? So that depends on like the clients. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I'm assuming this was a this was a government project for sure, because I'm because I mean, we built something at this scale Probably. in mm-hmm. in the park in, in Zabil Park. <laughs> um, yeah. So it would require the government clearance and things like that. And mm-hmm. Dubai is known for flamboyancy. They love to create structures of that are postmodern. They don't that is stick cool. to ideological terms. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine that one of the they went through the government and they found an architect that would fit the bill. Or maybe the typically if people know that people are looking for a project. There'll be like eight or nine architectural companies coming in to pitch. Mm-hmm. So. I worked in an, two years ago, in 2018, I worked in an office called William Ron Associates. So I worked uh, in Boston. I was a model maker there. I was there with two other girls in my class. Shout out Julia and Emily. Um, and um, let's, let's so we did a lot of projects. We used to build all the models because our, in ours and how our office worked is we, most architectural companies don't like building models now because it's kind of ornate from the past. But they argue against that. They want people to keep using it because when you bring a model to a, a client, it shows, one, it shows effort. You put a lot of effort to design this. Mm-hmm. Two, you can, you can change a model drastically. Like I talked about that museum stair project. You can change that so many ways. So you're talking about a physical model, right? As yeah, opposed physical. to like a computer or like a hologram yeah. kind it's of thing. It's exposed to a 3D rendering or any of that mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. They will still have that. Don't get me wrong. They'll have that. But they'll have this too mm-hmm. on the side. Because you can play around with this to such a degree. And um, they would use these to um, give to clients. So we, I remember we had to do so many of these pitch projects. I think we did four or five in the time I was there in six months. So every time, two days prior, they'd call, they, if they got a call about a project, they'd come to us and let us know how much time we have to build this thing. So that's a bit like chaotic. You know, you're like, oh God, really, I got to build this in two, three days. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, it makes sense. So that's why, for example, this project probably got pitched or maybe yes. that's the most likely scenario in my head mm-hmm. that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Because then if you need to have a good idea at the end of the day. You yeah. can't just give them something and expect it to work out well. That's mm-hmm. not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to look at something ugly. No, obviously. Like, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same in like, if we were to go into urban planning of it, uh, there is no great city that you don't walk in, right? So you... Like London, let's say. Yeah, London. Uh, London London is a historic city, right? It's a great mm -hmm. city. Mm -hmm. And what what do tourists do? They go walking. Walking, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you go to Madrid, it's filled with tourists. I'd say Los Angeles is not like that. I don't know if you know about the Los Angeles city. But it's more like a driving city. Everything is more widespread and flat and shorter. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So that's actually because in America, for the most part, they believe in transportation. So this is a big thing in urban planning. LA is actually, funny enough, LA is trying to change that. They're trying to yeah. switch from a, from a car-based system to a more transit-based, so uh, mm-hmm. trains, basically, like those mini metros. <laughs> They're trying to switch that to yeah. get people to walk around the area rather than um, 
drive through it Vehicle. because mm-hmm. yeah, because it also saves it saves a lot of carbon emissions for one part. A lot of things to do with interior and urban planning, for example, is a lot to do with you have to think of the social stakes, the economical situation, and you've got to think of the community stakes. The mm-hmm. climate change is also a big factor. You can't ignore it, but you have to also consider these three. These are huge factors in mm-hmm. the entire situation. So let's say in LA, actually LA and Dubai are good examples. I mean, traffic is what I'm thinking about also. It's just like yeah. the traffic is crazy. <laughs> they need to cut it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. So LA and Dubai are actually good examples of this. Things are spread out for mm-hmm. the most part in Dubai and LA. So it's you ha- anywhere you want to go, you got to take a car. As you and I knew that day when we went out, we were only driving. We yes, drove to Dubai. Four or five <laughs> yes, yeah. just, yeah, it we takes so long. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we couldn't go anywhere. We went like, we went to Jamera Beach Road where we had food. Then we went, drove around somewhere. I think we drove towards uh, my old house in Karama just because we wanted to see it. It was a 45 minute drive, 30, yeah. 45 minute drive. Mm-hmm. Then we drove to, um, um, we drove towards uh, the Palm Beach, not the Palm Beach, where did we drive? Um, La Mer. We drove towards La Mer where we got shawarmas, of course. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> yes, I remember. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there's yes. a lot of like, transportational aspect of it. you need a car to get anywhere so that's why a lot of areas are dead there's a lot of dead zones mm-hmm. throughout the day so if you go and that's to do with social integration so mm-hmm. you can't when you're designing a, a city you can't it's it's not a good idea to just zone things out by that i mean you can't say this is where all the residences are this is where the shops are this is where industrialization is you have to mix them okay because people mm-hmm. people let's say you need to go to work right mm-hmm. no one's going to be in the houses so it's all going to go to all the traffic goes to the commercial area or industrial area whatever whatever situation they're in mm-hmm. so then all the residential areas are dead zone mm-hmm. so there's no life in the city so that's one thing that comes into those kind of areas that's why cities like again like towns where you can walk and you see people are the better ones so that's why tourism areas are interesting mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's like um like Europe is the best example of this. So, mm-hmm. and people like old cities. That's another thing. People don't always like the technological aspect of things. Mm-hmm. So when, I mean, you and I, let's say, if we had some, let's say five, six friends, how many of them would you think would go to Europe for a trip versus going to China, for example? I mean, probably Europe. Yeah, I'll say. Probably mm-hmm. Europe for the most Because it's part, easy right? to get around and people are more around, similar. And, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can move around. Mm-hmm. There's a... Hello? Ah, uh, yes. If you lost me, I'm here still on the Zoom chat with you, Rayhan nope. Kabul. Rayhan Kabul. I don't know if you can um, uh, hear me. Okay. Rayhan, you can come out and back on if you'd like. And this time, I'm just going <laughs> to... This is my first solo podcast. Very nice. All right. I'm just going to go look up City for Ants. City for Ants. Uh, what's that? Zoolander? That's what I'm talking about. When I see, when I think of like structures and stuff, this is what I think of. Like, what is this? A center for ants? A center for ants. Look at that. Hilarious. Are we going to lost Strahan? I hope he pops up soon if he can. All right. Until then. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, this guy passed away. Where is he? Zoolander, the old guy. Yep. Derek Zoolander, Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. This is a great idea. I wish you made this. I wish this is a real thing that was created. This guy's can tell mine. Yeah, used to going on monologues. Wait, what else can? What else is architecture? How about? bad architecture yes what else bad architecture and rayhan's in amazing and we're back all right this is what i was talking about first now no worries dude look at this (laughs) what is this a center for ants do you ever get this when you show your models (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah I, I don't know if you know, know this meme to that degree <laughs> I've gone that I haven't seen that meme I, I can tell that Zoolander that um, is Zoolander yeah from that but, movie yeah he brings a scale 
uh, like a model scale of like a building that he wants to build. In this case, it's mm-hmm. uh, the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. I think it's what it's oh, called. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've not seen this movie, but oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what? He sees this guy he's like, what is this? <laughs> a city for ants is the meme. Oh, that, that's yeah. funny. That's no, funny. but I, I have seen, so that comes to like reviews, actually. I've had this happen to me recently as well. I can, I'll touch on that in a second. But mm-hmm. a lot of reviews when we get critics to come in because we don't, we don't get a free ride. You don't just submit a project and that's it. You get critics to come in and they're from outside the program, from architecture, typically. Like, they're like actual full-fledged architects coming in. And I have seen some of the most insulting stuff. I have seen people's projects yeah. be called a prison. I have seen people's <laughs> projects called junk, trash. I have seen so much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt Nimmo once told me that she had built this beautiful model of a, of a structure and like many years ago, so long ago. And apparently the professor didn't like her concepts because he was just annoyed that she wasn't following what he wanted her to do. So he broke the model. So yeah, the India's, India's mentality is- Well, I feel like it's like people who like, our clients are usually like richer people, right? Who are like maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just that in, in architecture. Right, yeah. a client will do that. Uh, oh, okay. Architect to architect will do that to you. A oh. Yeah, hmm. a client, a client is a bit different. A client will also give you some crap. <laughs> but, like, yes. Like, they will give you a lot of like dumb stuff. But for the most part, you, the most aggressive criticism you're going to get is from an architect. Because mm-hmm. an architect understands the concepts. They understand the mentality of the work. I got you. Clients, one issue that I find in a lot of offices and just in general, clients typically don't, are not, they don't read, can't read plans, for example. They can't read a floor plan. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what a window is or what this why is there a dash line here? Why is there, that means it's a roofing and things like that. So they don't get like the whole conceptual ideas. And sometimes they, what they want is very hard to do. So I remember um, there was a project that, uh, I mean, sorry, not hard to do. They make it hard to do. Sorry. What do you, so what do you I, mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was one project where I was previously working where the client had taken four years like it was a four, it was a big project. It was an institution and um, four years they were negotiating because there was always a, something, something minor wrong throughout the entire thing. So yes, that's a long I, time. Four I, I years is a very long time. I thought I lost you. Sorry. No, <laughs> I'm just standing still. Yeah. Four years is a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those things kind of happen. And also then yeah. sometimes uh Clients would just ask for dumb things. Like maybe they want like a bathroom, a bathtub made out of a heart. Like it'd be shaped like a heart. Like, <laughs> hey, how's that? If like, it's a client yeah. and they're paying for it, then I don't know. No, but, you... but also it's like, you're an architect. You have arrogance. Against <laughs> I know you what you mean. Argue against, like, argue against it. mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like you're, when someone tells you something, right? One thing architects have, arrogance. You have, you know, you think you're right. No matter oh, what. Yes. Oh yeah. You have, to, you, have to, yeah you have to accept criticism. It's a mental, you have to, you can't ignore it. But if you're talking to a client, you know more than the client. Yes. In this particular the, scenario. This field, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on the client, obviously. Mm-hmm. But so when they ask stuff like that, like in your head, you're just going, what do you, why? Like, and then when they explain why, and they, if they just say, I just want this, you can't, that's not a good enough reason for me. Like that isn't, you have to give me a reason why you want this thing. Like if it makes sense, yes. then mm-hmm. I don't need a reason for it. If it makes mm-hmm. sense, I don't need a reason. If it doesn't make sense, why are you giving this to me? That happens yeah. in architecture too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I got from my, uh, who I'm working with currently, my cousin, he gave me a lot of criticism. He still does give me for the work I'm producing for him now for this project. And he has to, I yes. accept his criticism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he's an experienced architect. He's it's part of growing yeah, and learning. Is, part yeah. of growing, mm-hmm. you have to learn. If he yells at you, if he says this, it's fine. Mm. He, one, he's annoyed because he's like, I know you can do better. Two, it's because like, he doesn't want to see junk. No, obviously. <laughs> and there are, some, there are some bad architects out there, right, Rehan? Yeah. I mean, how do, yes. how do like, like buildings slide <laughs> with such bar, bad architecture? I just looked up while you were not here. Bad yeah, architecture, no right? <laughs> like, how do you get things like, like this? I don't know. Is this a bad? What do you think of this? That's thing? just, oh, my God. 
Yes. You had okay. to pick the lutus one, didn't you, Ali? Uh, <laughs> I just picked the whatever building uh, I could see. Yeah, this one, whatever. Uh, okay. Right, something like that. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> yes. So that, honestly, that depends on the client as well. If the client wants stuff like this, mm. then you can't say anything against it. Like, and if you're agreeing with them on this, mm. what, what do you do? There's also just people who don't have creativity and they just want to do well, stuff like this, as you're yeah. showing me. So, yes. But then, wait, hold up. Wait, sorry. That just uh, you know down. I can't. Let me point the center project. If you go down in the in the middle row, yeah. So the one below that. Ah, the one below the this. One below well, this one looks wonky. Yeah. But yeah, but this one you mean? So this is. I don't think. No, no, no. That the wonky one. The freaking the stairs. <laughs> Where's this That's going, Rayhan? Yeah, the wonky. One. Yeah. The wonky one. <laughs> I've seen this project. I've oh, seen yeah? it in. Yeah, I saw it. In, I was in Prague a, a year ago. I've seen mm. it. It's not, I don't think it's bad. Mm. I kind of, I kind of like it. This, it's got, it's a conceptual idea. It's mm. meant to look weird. That's yes. the point of it. Mm -hmm. So that's a, it's a postmodern take on things. So I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Mm. So like for some people who aren't aware, modern structures are very simple. They, they are pretty straight. They like, they like have some diagonals maybe for the most part. And they like mostly glass. Postmodern was the idea that we don't want to be so symmetrical and straightforward. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I, I see this, and even when I see the frame, they're telling me something. They're trying to tell me something. Mm -hmm. So I find them interesting. Mm -hmm. So this one I won't say, but okay. the other ones you showed me are obviously bad. I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna hide. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of these. Yeah, I will yeah. say. Um, yeah. Where so where where are buildings being built, right? So like in old cities like uh, Rome, for example, they've had buildings there for like a very long time, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. like, um, at one point, it, I, I see, feel like if so, you're out of building buildings, why do you need new buildings? Why do we need new buildings? Yes. Are you saying why are they re restoring buildings or renovating buildings? Sorry, I just uh, no, my question is like, okay, at some point, right? I mean, like, we have enough buildings, right? Mm -hmm. If you keep building buildings, uh, and then what? I'm going to count to you. We can never oh. have enough buildings. What do you mean? <laughs> you have enough people. Our population. population. It's constantly yeah. growing. Mm -hmm. You have to account for that population. Mm -hmm. So when you I'll take Mumbai as an example, we mm -hmm. have in India in general is 1.2 billion. Mm -hmm. In India in general is 1.2 billion people. Now the poverty line between that is insane. Mm -hmm. So this, it, it becomes the city becomes Mumbai in particular becomes a sprawl. So everything extends out and becomes larger. So mm -hmm. you're always going to need buildings. What ends up happening, because in our case, the poverty line is quite bad and a lot of issues, we see a lot of slums pop up. And there's no well, real organization to the city. They build it themselves. It's like they build it themselves. Build up, yeah. All right. So what, yeah, what exactly are like slums? I don't know if you want to like the slums in uh, India. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Pop in slums in India. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. Type in Mumbai, you'll probably find a couple. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So like these, they all self like people live in these things are you really trying yes. to tell me mm -hmm. yeah people themselves. do live in these we have a, a, a great community of people wow. who live in here mm -hmm. it's if i don't know if you can find like a city view of mumbai there's bound mm -hmm. to be slums all over the place mm -hmm. well not over the place but for the most, and they're like zoned out you can tell where they are and where they're not yeah uh, so so yeah so always, mm -hmm. always people building, building. Mm -hmm. they're trying to block all the there will always be a need for buildings no matter what I guess, but like in places like, uh, like, or sorry, I can find, but places like, uh, like Europe, for example, right? Like there, the population is kind of like not really increasing as much as it is in like, not at a, at a high rate, yeah, as, as high rate. Right. And so at that point, what do you do? Also, it's like, well, yeah, a lot of people in Mumbai can't afford to pay for buildings, buildings. Right. And then if you have that wealth disparity, then what do you like, if clients aren't going to pay for it, then how are you going to build like buildings that for these people? Yeah, I agree. I agree what you're saying. I can understand why you would think this. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to like destroy you. No, way. I'm just going to, no, 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 but it's not. I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm asking you cause I'm, yeah, uh, I, know. I know. I, I, because also you have to think, you know, a lot of, in Rome, for example, these are a lot of mm -hmm. classical buildings. These buildings will never get destroyed because they still mm -hmm. work for the mm -hmm. most part. The Colosseum is never going to get turned down. None of the, any other area in that space is not getting turned down. Mm -hmm. But then you also think of quality of life as well. There mm -hmm. are people who don't want to be living in historic times. There mm -hmm. are people who want to branch out. <laughs> yes. 
Mm-hmm. They want to be more futuristic. You know, they mm-hmm. want, there's also like factors of wealth. They want to show off their wealth. They want mm-hmm. to have a different living aesthetic. There's always a need for a building. There's never not going to be one, but it's also depending. It's also, you got to think the functionality of that too. But you want, you don't want to build for the sake of building. You want to build because it makes sense. Yes. You, you can't not just for luxury. Build. Yeah. Just like that. It's I, not for luxurious purposes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, you know, a good example of that's the movie Parasite. Mm-hmm. where you have the rich have one giant plot and there's like I'm not talking, four to five people living in that area and then we go where the main characters are in their slums there's at least 60 to 70 in a tiny one area so just think like that much area there you can how much you can build with that yes like you could build mm-hmm. a few houses there you can get some proper thing get some mm-hmm. proper areas for people to come into Mm-hmm. So there's always those issues as well but you can't of, break it down like a house like that because people own it like rich people live in it yeah, so, you can't yes. break it down because people mm-hmm. own it so there's also it's that as well it's the corp- it's corporatization as well at the end of the day it's mm-hmm. wealth and corporatization people so like for example skyscrapers we can mm-hmm. go into branding here so I'm going to use Trump because he's the best example yes every, every building he's got has got his name on it yes it's a brand mm-hmm. so if I, whether he puts it on the top on the bottom you know it's his mm-hmm. Uh, similar in the UAE, we have they have a uh, Imad and the Mac. They're re- real estate property owners. They, more, for the most part, put their names on their buildings. That's right, they have a right to. But then that tells you that okay, we are this. We have this much money. We can do this much. Mm-hmm. If you go to the poor, the poor don't have any of this. The poor just want to be in an area where people integrate with each other. People want to experience experience being around people. It's mm-hmm. a community thing. Mm-hmm. That's what architecture. That's the urban planning aspect of it. A lot mm-hmm. of architecture goes into that form. If you were to go to the, just like if you're designing a single building, do you, I don't design a building just because I, I think, oh, I've designed a building. I designed it because I want people to use that space or make yes. that space better for people to use it for. Mm-hmm. Or whatever occupancy or profession they need it for, whatever depends on what I, they ask me to do, I will do. Yeah. I want to make it the best for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. So yeah, so that's so what's the so what's in the future of architecture right now? So like you're talking about if you like what is a way? All right, how about this? You have a bunch of homeless people. A lot of people around the globe who don't have homes, right? What is the way to mm-hmm. give these people homes? I don't know if that if you know about this. That oh, that's that's very com- I know that's a complex you, question. That's mm-hmm. a very complex question with many layers to it. But from like a housing perspective, right? Like where could you there, store? Mm-hmm. There are. There are people, countries who do this. They are, they take care of the housing. Singapore has a great housing initiative where almost everyone, most of the poor, if not all, have a housing block for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it depends on, I guess, it, that's also to do with standard of living. Like the homeless initiative it depends on the funding. You got to get the funding. It's government projects. If they're willing to do it, you can do it. If you have the money and you're willing to spend that much money to do it, then you should. Mm-hmm. But you can't decide that, you know? It's like, as an architect, I can design it for you and I can do what I can to make it the best it can be. Yes. But if I don't have the funding, it's, it, it becomes an issue. <laughs> it becomes an it's issue. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, that's what happens with, that's why you don't see like uh, all buildings are in Fantasia because mm-hmm. there's budgetary restrictions to things. Mm-hmm. There's the client preferences and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's very, you have to adhere to that. You have to understand that there's a budget. You can go only this much. You might go a bit over and you can argue for why you're going a bit over. But for the most part, you're stuck within that limitation. There are limitations to what you're doing. Yes. It's not, it's not like, you know, I'm watching, I'm, I keep saying Fantasia, but. Yes. Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. So, or Inception where you're like literally like crazy. Inception. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so, you can't just do any of that. So. Is, it, is it hard to be like an independent contract, like an independent architect, or do you need to be part of a group if you want to do it? Not necessarily. Part? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my, the one I'm working for, Archibine Design, it's just him. Mm-hmm. He's only one guy. Mm-hmm. And he's got, I can't disclose, obviously, but he's got many projects going on. Mm-hmm. He's got a few things happening and good for him. So mm-hmm. it's not impossible. You can be one architect and you can do so much. But he's been doing it for and, so long, right? I'm talking about like a new young architect, right? Are they, like, is it was, entering yes, the market now? In, mm-hmm. Right. He was, oh, in the market now is a different story because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. But this was, yeah. Wait, well, how does... A, Mm-hmm. So huh. yeah, continue, continue before we'll, yeah, we'll talk about COVID later, yeah. but how, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean to say like, it's not impossible. You can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just that you have to have the dedication to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you have to get used to the fact that you may not sleep for two nights. You have to get used to the fact that 
you have to you have to go around looking for clients. Typically, mm-hmm. people who start off independent, like once they had some years of experience, and they can take some clients out from their previous job job placement or whatever. So they can take it from there, and then they can start funding from there, and then name recognition becomes a thing. So people start hearing about you, and that's how things go out. Um, that's a way for young people to start. It's not easy. Don't get me yes. wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm-hmm. This the office I'm stand I'm in now was not built in a day. This is a sixty to seventy year establishment in Mumbai, so it has it it doesn't start easy. Like, yeah, it's not impossible. It's so. not all right. Yes. All right. And back to and back to COVID. Right. So like, yeah. I'm looking at like the 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 Mumbai. Right. The the just how these buildings are so close to each other. Um. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Well, this is like what's going. What? How? Do, what do you do here when COVID splits? Yeah. yeah when COVID breaks. When COVID's, like when, when COVID, COVID breaks is going to be an issue because of the economy. Oh yeah. So that mm. that's going to be a, because it, when economies crash, the first thing that cra- that go with it is buildings. Yes. So because of all the, yeah, because of all the maintenance that goes into them and everything like that. So it's a lot of money gets wasted and that's what happens with the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that COVID is a, a, is a big, big fish because a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, first, we, the first thing first on that is trying to get people out of there because right now, can you imagine in, let's say a 30, squ- 30 foot area around you, right? You've got 10 people in there. Yeah, dude, I'm looking at it. It's like house by house by house by house. It's like there's no way, there's no social distancing in an area like this. There is no social distancing. Yes. Mm -hmm. There is no social distancing in these places because that's unfortunately because of the way India has grown and Mm -hmm. how the poverty line has been, the education system has been. Mm -hmm. That is not something that's easy to tackle. That's like, that takes time. That takes government initiative as well. Mm -hmm. They're willing to do it. I have, um, well, in this office, um, they are doing some things towards that. They're helping poor. A lot of architectural communities help the poor. They like. Mm-hmm. They think that it's a good way to get community themselves better. So they will do some small projects here and there, some government initiatives and things like that. So there is stuff being done. COVID is a much harder situation because you know the contact is a problem. Yes. So, like for example, when COVID started, all sites closed, and we're still in a lock. Technically, we're still in a lockdown in India. It's been two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, and like no one goes to site. sites have started slowly, but like no construction is being done heavily. So it's sad to say, but unfortunately people aren't going to be focusing too much on the poor right now until they get the economy themselves rolling. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. really, I hate and saying most, it. Yeah. But, most people who work in construction are also like poorer people, right? That, yes. yeah. So that, I mean, it does affect them also that way yeah and if, and the workers typically are poor the workers, workers themselves. Mm-hmm. so that's why a lot of them want to go to work because they're like can't we can't live we can't we die mm-hmm. honestly we, we, yes die of starvation or die of this disease is that yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's quite a it's quite a challenge like, mm-hmm. honestly in yeah. that sense so COVID, COVID just made me want to leave the city, dude. COVID just makes me think, why am I in a city with a bunch of people sneezing around? Yeah. I should go move to the country, whatever. Do you think like people are just gonna like? I feel like I cities are a hot place right now, right? I feel like yeah. big metropolitan yeah, yeah. cities. That's where everyone's. That's where the traffic is going, and like mm-hmm. immigration. Mm-hmm. But now, right. when the, when it's like, I don't know if this will reverse things where people are are gonna go out. Ah. I guess that, that also depends on the personality of the person at the end of the day. In my head, people will stay in cities because they gives them life. You go to New York, like New York is just a straight grid. But mm-hmm. why do people go to New York? The lifestyle, the vibrant, the vibe itself. You mm-hmm. want to be in that area. You want to see people. You want to go to the park. You want to go meet someone, meet a random stranger on the road, start having like a two-hour conversation with them, mm-hmm. whatever the sort. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't go away. Obviously, there will be a few people who are a bit recluse who like going to the countryside, like living in those areas. So you could possibly see a little bit of a spike, but I don't think it would be too drastic. I think okay. It would just be a, a minor portion of people. All right. But also mm-hmm. you have to think about moving itself. Mm-hmm. The cost of moving is... The cost of moving. Is extortionate. Yes. True. True. Yeah. I guess it's just like people who are like privileged enough, I guess, to like be able to get, pick up and leave to a different city and get a new Again. job and like a new house and all that. I mean, if you can't... Again, like free, Parasite. It's like, like Parasite. Parasite. Mm-hmm. Same situation. They have like a huge space to themselves, like outdoors, mm-hmm. not really contact with people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
that's the thing with the film and architecture. Architecture plays a huge part in films for a lot of films you've seen. Inception yeah. is one, Parasite's another. Mm-hmm. Any any building where there's like a maze in it or things like that that's built by architecture. The falling water has been used in a few buildings. Um, let's say any Eiffel Tower, it's an architectural building. It's been used in romantic movies. It's Statue of Liberty. These kind of things are evident. Yeah. Um, there's some struct- like you can't go to a you can't, I mean, you're in film, so I can ask you this. Can you like go to a proper, get a, don't ha- not having to use CG or anything, go to an actual area with, just with a green screen? Uh, I mean, it's not the same, especially in like a movie like Inception. Like you look at these sets, exactly. these are all built, right? Like, you, like, uh, like <laughs> this is crazy, but this is like a real, like, right? I don't mm-hmm. know, Rayhan, I don't know if you can tell me, like all that what I'm seeing right here was built for this movie inception which is why it was so expensive mm-hmm. probably yeah, yeah dude hey, uh, Marvels, yeah. <laughs> yes dude. but you see that one look at that one space mm-hmm. look at how much like vibrancy and look at how much like you can do with that one space look how much you can move around in the area dude, no. like and the glass the glass look at the aesthetic look at everything about it mm-hmm. there's so much that architecture plays in if you you don't want to just look at a white screen when you're in a, in a movie you want to see the actual aspect ratio of things. You want to see what is going on. You want to see the location of things. Yes. So. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's fun. The the actual. I mean, that's exactly why um, I forget her name, but the actress they get an architect as the uh, as the one who designs mm-hmm. the actual layout. Yeah, so. of the the city, dude. Okay, what about something something like this? Right? Did they actually build yeah. these? I don't know if you know Rehan. This I don't know. You brought no, this up exception. This, this cannot be. This cannot be. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I, okay. I, I don't. I don't know. I I highly doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. All so, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that. Mm. Yeah. All right. What else is there to do with architecture? Um. What about building stuff on different planets? How about that? I don't know if you know about oh, like space architecture, Mars architecture. I'm. I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak to you like my friend. I'm gonna speak to you like you know we've known each other for so long. Yes. Habibi. Habibi. Fourth year, like, come on. <laughs> Rayhan, I'm, test- I'm testing. I'm testing. I'm trying to see. But keep yeah, you're re- you really are testing. Because <laughs> really yeah, <laughs> one day when you go to Mars, dude, I don't know what to tell you. You got to have a I, house, right? And <laughs> that's an architectural for, boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait for Elon Musk to, like, you know, get his shit together. So Yeah, dude. Um, he says, what, two years until we go to Mars? We'll see. I, I, I stopped checking with the man. <laughs> Dude, so, yeah. But stuff like, I mean, um, I mean, this looks cool. I mean, I'd, I'd want to live in like a futuristic city like this. Yeah. Like in a bubble. If you were to guess, mm. damn, look at that. These, you know, I've the, seen these, buildings like this. Yeah. So this is like Imarati. <laughs> well, yeah, look. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, wait, sorry, hold on. Is this what? It's by, I, you read who's designed it. Oh, this one. The same one you showed me. Okay. Uh, Bjarke Engels Group. Is that it? Bjarke Engels again. What's Bjarke Engels? He's that Danish architect I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. The one I mentioned about the why we're talking about Inception because he came up with the quote about Inception. Oh, okay, cool. This guy. Yeah. So, Bjarke Engels yeah. and his buildings. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. So he is... He's the one with the serpentine pavilion. He he himself is quite a ambitious architect. Yeah, he is very innovative. I I really like his work. A lot of he's quite divisive in a lot of places. And De- Denmark himself is a bit divisive. Like about because he doesn't stick to like mm-hmm. because look at that. Like look how crazy that is. <laughs> Why is that crazy, he, Rehan? Yeah. <laughs> put that in Rome, for example. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit. It, it just breaks the mold. It's innovative. It's ambitious. <laughs> it's something a star architect could do. Yes. Now, it's good to have star architects. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm grateful for them. Obviously, mm-hmm. I learned from them. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to think about having more than just one star architect rather than you have 50 architects who are as capable of doing these kind of things. Yeah. It's a, it comes down to mm-hmm. creativity and functionality of things. Mm-hmm. About Bjork Ingels himself actually... I watched a documentary on him a, a while ago and it was, um, he himself wanted to be a comic book artist. Oh yeah. Be an illustrator. Oh yeah. This looks so That's the eight house. Yeah. He wanted to be oh. an illustrator. He wanted to design comic books and he went into architecture because his parents just said, give it a try and then you can make comics later. 
Mm-hmm. So then just think his <laughs> mind, his mind as an, as a comic book writer and mm-hmm. an illustrator, mm-hmm. this comes into play here. His mind has had this kind of like ambitious and ambil- uh, ambitious ability to do these kind of things. Even some of his, uh, some of his portrayals and portraits and advertisements use illustrations. He, he uses the, he uses the quote, less is more by Mies van der, van der Rohe and says, yes is more for one of his projects. Oh yeah. So he, yeah, so he goes, it, it's not like a simple design, which mm. is what I find fantastic about it. Nothing about it is straightforward. You have to actually, it's great to look at. And a lot of it's like, it's it also functional at the same time. Mm-hmm. You, it's, it's that weird area of you want things to work and you also want them to look nice. Yeah. Sometimes if you go to like brutalism architecture, mm-hmm. they're mostly gray structures. They have a function. Mm-hmm. But aesthetically, they don't look so pleasing because they're like flat concrete. Standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 not standard. Just flat concrete. Flat. They're gray. Mm-hmm. They're okay. I get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so there's things like this. So there's, he's not the only one, obviously. There's Zaha Hadid. There's uh, Neri Oxman, who's a bioarchitect, coming onto Mars, actually. Bioarchitect. She's a bioarchitect. In, What's her name? A bioarchitect in MIT. What's her Neri name? Oxman. Mary Oxman. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. Bioarchitecture. What's that, Rehan? Oh, it's, I don't see this. It's very hard to explain to you, mm-hmm. honestly. I okay. find it interesting. It's yes. basically, it's architecture using the biology of the, of the world. So it's using... What? You, like she makes, for example, she'll make like a dome and she'll mm-hmm. use silkworms to build the dome. She uses the geometry of them. She uses the biological nature of a human being, of nature itself, to create structures. For the mm-hmm. most part, she creates. She's her mind is to go towards like she thinks that a lot of this can go towards fashion. Can people can start creating their own fashion through biology? People can. Ooh. A lot of things can happen through it. Yeah. So this is one of her things. She's an MIT. She's got an. She's got a her work off. Wait. <laughs> what? So. Explain that to me again, Rehan. <laughs> that was just a very crazy concept. All right. Yeah. So you put on clothes that she can, can put, change? She, yes. So she, not, she has a TED talk where mm-hmm. she talks about a lot of this. So she says that if we use the biological nature of architect, the biological nature of the human being and combine it with architecture, we can create almost anything. We can create fashion. We can create buildings themselves. We can create structures. Can you give me an example? It. Yeah. Can you give me an example? Like I really, I'm, it's hard for me to like visualize. Honestly, you just, you need to, the one project you saw there. So yes, mm-hmm. that is one example sure. of it. There, All right. So this, yeah. So this, she built this, but what is the, where's the biology in this? Are these are plants? That's, yeah. No, that's not plants. That was engineered through biology. She made that. Like it wasn't like, it was all material. It wasn't like material. It was literal cells. She made, took cells and built that. Wait. Yeah. Like individuals like. Bio- like she took a bunch. She yeah. took biology, chemistry, mm-hmm. and physics and architecture and made that structure. What am I? What am I looking at? What am I looking at here, Ehan? Sorry, it's like cells. Of, can, yes, it's like. You know, you know, a leaf. You know, like leaf, a leaf. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Uh-huh. Imagine I made a material out of that leaf. Okay. That's that. Whoa. I'm saying leaf as an example. The yes, cells yes, yes, the leaf. Yes. You take those cells and you combine them with other things, or you just take a prod, a product in itself, or any material and you man- manipulate them, that's what you get. These are some of the things she suggested. She's, her ideas are, are fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. really groundbreaking. Like yeah. actually, if you go to that one, yeah. So that's the dome I was talking mm-hmm. about. It's an MIT. It's made through silkworms. She lets the silkworms themselves design the formation. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, okay, how does that, okay. I don't know if you can, so like, can you explain this a little bit? Like what? <laughs> so I saw it yes. mm-hmm. for anyone who's interested. It's, it's, uh, there is a Netflix show called abstract art and design. She had, she and Bjork Ingels have done uh, an episode and we saw this project. Mm. She wanted, she just wanted to create, see, wanted to see how nature itself and animals and bugs and insects can create buildings. So for example, a honey, uh, honey, a bees, sorry. Mm-hmm. A beehive. When they build, their, when they build their beehives, mm-hmm. you see the network that goes inside a beehive. They build those little holes. They have the honey that goes inside and all the natural elements of it come out. So she did this, but she tried to contain it and she let the silkworms that she picked up build this. So they would Amazing. just, go, as, they would just mm-hmm. go around within this one structure and design it as it, as it was. Mm-hmm. And it was a, 
there was a joke. I remember when I watched that, there was a joke that um, that one day that one of the head MIT guys came in and he opened the box of silkworms and he's like, what the hell? So, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. So there's a lot of things with architecture that you can do. Mm-hmm. Architecture is in, technically yes. architecture is in everything. Whoa. Your body itself is architecture. Yeah. Everything is built through cells. That's that's so, interesting the way you like in that perspective mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Yeah. How does so, all right, yeah, one more question. How does a bee build like a beehive? That's <laughs> now you brought that up. It's like who, how, what? You don't know the I didn't I didn't major <laughs> in biology. Either, so I, okay, I got, yes, we gotta that. have a biologist on and ask them about that because I mean, I, if you want to get a biology guy next time, I, I'll happily talk to him. And, All right. Oh, no, that'll be good. No, definitely. How? Because yeah. that is insane, right? To think about like mm-hmm. these little bees carrying whatever mm-hmm. they carry and putting these materials together to make a beehive. But it's, it's like a community, you know, an anthill. They mm-hmm. have to dig underground. They build a network. Um, mm-hmm. It's any real creature, like they have to find ways to live. So like dogs, when they build underground, they got to, because they want to build like a nice warm path or whatever. It's building something for them. Um, and mostly insects and things, they need the, like, things to survive in. So like when, um, when a butterfly is formed, they have to stay in that cocoon. And the cocoon itself is a whole network. And then they have to expand out, right? Mm-hmm. So everything can go, anything can go through architecture. This is biological based. Mm-hmm. Structural based is a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. we can, that's a bar, far more, structural based is like more what I do, the practicality things. I so, see. That's what, yeah, so that's what you like. We talked about a lot of things today. We talked about like yeah. bio buildings. We talked about futuristic buildings and old buildings. Mm-hmm. What yeah. kind of stuff do you like to do? I if you were to, I, it, mm-hmm. so I'll be honest. Right now, I'm exploring. I have fixed towards commercial and residential architect, architecture. I never really did interior design. I've only recently done it from the time I've been in India and I'm trying to understand it more. But for the most part, I'm quite a commercial one. I like building big areas. I like building stadiums, for example. I like I building see. gyms. I like building mm-hmm. these kind of but there is a lot, there is, I do have a fondness for building a house. Mm-hmm. You know, when you build a, a home, you, you make it so that in such a way that you know that those people will like it or you know that you'll like it because it, it just feels like when you want to go home, you got to build that house first, right? So that's the way it is. It, it yes. just, it's just so simple. The tiniest details can affect how you live in a space. Yeah. Because so. people live there every day for years and decades. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Been there for years and decades, like even stadiums. Uh, if you go into football, uh, Santiago Bernabeu in uh, Madrid, it's been there for eons and eons and eons, and now they're re- redesigning it and reconstructing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Siro in Italy, they're, they're breaking down and designing new things. You can do a lot, Th- those structures have lasted for decades. They're iconic stadiums, but now the time has come because it's been over 100, 100 years for both. So, there's a, there's a real interest changing, you can change everything. It's a real innovation to these kind of things. Yes. So, and uh, for me, I, I'm right now in the spectrum of, I want to know all of this. I really like understanding. Just learning it, it mm-hmm. and then yeah. figuring it out. I, as, mm-hmm. Yeah, the interior design aspect has come from while I've been working here, because I didn't really think of like, you know, when, I, when, when it came to interior design, I was just like, okay, you put some tables, you set some materials, that's it. I never thought of actually designing the tables you're sitting on, designing the area that you, where you put your coffee bar or whatever, or design like a stage, designing, um, a platform, designing the light fixtures, how they're going to be placed. All these things are insane to think about. Like you don't think about these things. You just think, oh, okay, I put one light here. Done. Room's filled. But it's about ambience. Yeah, it's about ambience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there's so much. I mean, yeah. I, I played, I played The Sims before. It's like there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes into building a building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. The Sims is not a. That's like an example of it. You know, people like building houses. So, so imagine like you actually like physically building one. This is another yeah. situation. Physically cool. designing an area is another in, in, ingenious idea in itself. So amazing, Rehan. I will say that we're like we've gone a lot, and time flew by real mm-hmm. quick. And I mean, yeah, I love I love having you on, Rehan. I really did have uh, you on. Hope you can have yeah, you on again sometime. Maybe have a biologist. Yeah. We talk about the bees. <laughs> we can talk about the bees. We can let's see. Uh, maybe I can speak to some architects. See if they're interested. We can yeah. have some conversations. About no, no this. there's there's, also, there's a lot more we can get talk from all around. So there's a few things we can do. So no, I don't no. mind. I would love to come back on. I mean, I'd love to have you, Rehan. I mean, um, amazing, Rehan. <laughs> no, because I really did learn a lot. This was such an interesting conversation. I hope the people watching mm. this also like learn a lot because mm. it's important. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I live in a house, <laughs> so it's good to know like what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Rehan. Is there anything you want to Thank say before we uh, wrap up? 
Uh, honest, uh, there's not much I would say if I was like tell someone let's say this is a bit weird but to tell someone that's like struggling let's say with architecture or profession or whatever don't give up mm-hmm. don't don't stop i have gone through a lot to get to here now was i honestly was i happy where i was about six months ago no but now i'm quite now i'm quite content with what i'm doing i think now things are better and i'm enjoying what i'm doing so don't there's no end to it you should just if you think you can do it and you have the mindset of doing it you can do it that's great to hear. I love to hear that, Rayhan. I mean, amazing, really. Love having you on, dude. And um, yeah, this is how we sign out. We do this and then we yeah. put it to the camera. All right. I'll see you next time, Rayhan. See you, Ali. Later.